Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Rant Much, a podcast for black girls who talk too much. I am Tuli, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Naya Pearson. How are you doing, Naya? I'm good. I'm Gucci. I was just telling Tuli, I'm like, I feel like we should do a whole dance party. Like, I am, I don't know why, I'm in such a great mood today. I just woke up and was like, let's take on the world. Let's do it. What about you, (laughs) Tuli? I'm okay. Um... I'm okay. I mean, I think I'll, uh, you know, run much as a podcast is a space for us to be vulnerable and honest and talk about the stuff that we're really going through. And this is not something I'm, I necessarily want to keep close to my chest. Yeah. So I recently tested positive for COVID. No, um, not Miss Rona. Yeah, I got the Rona, girl. I caught the vid. I caught the vid, <laughs> and uh, this is day two of isolation for me. Um, so I'm just trying to find the strength today. Today I've, I felt very, very weak, like just in my body, just super weak. I don't know if you've ever felt so like dizzy and dazed, like that yeah. you feel like you're living beside your body, like <laughs> yes. you're living right next to your body. <laughs> it ain't you. That's her over there yeah. and there's me. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, it's Yeah, it almost feels like sleep paralysis because it feels like yes. you're awake and you're up, but like your body's moving at a slower pace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a very weird day. I'm feeling a lot better now, I must say. Um, got some fresh air. My mom is huge on making sure I open my windows and curtains and making Aww. sure that I don't, you know, get into a mental funk because I, I think that can, be a, that can be a tough one to come out of, you know. Yeah. I think the biggest battle with COVID is your mind and just staying away from social media and not reading all the horrific stuff um that happens to people when when they test positive so yeah my family's great also they're taking such great care of me um just making sure that everything is good and clean and yeah that's me how are you um i i think i'm gucci i'm i'm chilling over here i I don't know. Like, I'm in a weird headspace. Like, y'all, I'm like, I was so tired the other day. I had to call off of work yesterday because I wasn't feeling that Gucci. Um, And I'm just in this weird place of, like, do I leave one of the jobs that I don't really want to do or do I stay on um, type thing? Mm. Um, Where at the same time, like, but I really need the money. And that's always been my MO is, like, but the money, though, like, Mm. It would be great to just have some extra cash in my savings. Like I'm, I'm a big frugal person, so like paying my bills is one thing, but I consider it a loss or a failure if I can't save. Like if I don't make yeah. enough money to save, like I'm like I can't quit. And that's I'm a real doing. thing, hey. Yeah, that's a real thing. I think people always take the whole savings thing for granted. Like you must save no matter what you're doing, even if you're earning, you know, ten rand, save one rand, and it's like. Yo, it's actually a luxury to be able to save. Yes. You actually need to earn enough money to be to able, be able to, to put save. money aside yeah. and say, you know what, I can do without this money every month. Yeah. It's a privilege. 
which is, I mean, thankfully, my mother is an accountant. She was very firm with me last night on saying, I am not your accountant. I'm your mother. I just so happen to also be an accountant. But I was like, no, no, <laughs> you're my accountant, mom. <laughs> and she's like, you are fine. You are doing a lot better than you think you're doing. I'm like, yeah, but I'm about to go to school and be broke. And I'm not ready for that <laughs> life again. And it's it's just a mess because my collegiate career is about to start again and I'm not mentally I don't think I'm mentally ready like my mom's like well how many hours are you gonna work when you're in school and I'm like I don't even know what I'm getting into like it's one thing to be able to say like oh yeah I majored into like bachelors and I was used to not having time on my hands I'm going into a whole nother arena of academia so I don't know what I'm good at or what I'm not good at just yet so I can't say like oh this is gonna take me two hours and this is gonna take me like five like I don't know so yeah. that's what's kind of terrifying is like, I need to be able to pay my bills when uh, August hits. Uh, so yeah, you. pray for your girl. So y'all. are you doing, are you doing an undergrad? Are you doing a postgrad? What, what are you going so back I'm, to school for? Yeah, I'm doing postgrad. I'm about to major in social work. My focus is the welfare of children and families. Uh, I want to work with high schoolers. Um, at, when I was a kid, I really was like, I want to make, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but my whole life I've always wanted to focus my work on like teenagers. And at first it was like, I wanted mm. like mentor young teenage girls. And then it was like, no, no, no. I, I really need to work with like teenage boys. They're kind of funny. And then like after that, I was like, okay, but teenagers, like why do we have to stick in the binary? Mm. Just say teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's where I'm at. I really want to work with um, high schoolers, teenage age kids college students think they know every damn thing and that just annoys me and I thought I knew everything and that annoyed myself so I, I don't want to do with yeah. that and adults really but think also they high schoolers think they know everything yeah but high I can legally be like everything y'all know Jack Dooley Squad because guess what the government said y'all ain't full of dogs so <laughs> be quiet like I, I feel like they're more impressionable and they understand better and I will say like because they think they know everything they have no problem or no shade whatsoever telling you the blunt honest yeah. truth like I think that's what I love yeah. so much about high schoolers and teenagers like they have no filter it's amazing it's great yeah. then you go to college and like you're like an adult and everybody has like the societal filter high mm. schoolers ain't got but that but another thing <laughs> another thing that I noticed is like when I was in high school as much as I thought I knew everything I was extremely confident in high yeah, school you know? yeah same but depending on on what um, spaces you were socialized in and the spaces that you thrived in high school you were very confident, right? And then you yeah. get to university and you realize you're a small fish in a very big ocean. Amen. And your confidence dwindles. Yep. And you all of a sudden doubt yourself. And all the crap of being an adult, being insecure, being self-aware yeah. in the good and the bad ways then takes over your surety, takes over you, you know, knowing the things you thought you knew about yourself. And I, I think that's the one thing I wish I could take back from my from my teenage years is 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 my surety. I mean, yeah, sure, I was sure and uh, sure about things that were very um, <laughs> bound to change because I yeah. was only seventeen, eighteen at the time. Yeah, but I I knew who I was and I wasn't afraid to say it and I wasn't afraid to try new things and yeah. stage my own work and you know really be a theater maker. Then I got to varsity where I actually needed to be a theater maker. And I was like, oh, never mind. I'll just sit in the background. <laughs> I just won't perform. That's so real. I think I was sort of the opposite. I was like, I'm I'm confident who I am and F everybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do. This is who I am. This is my plan. Nothing's going to stray from my plan. And then everything mm. strayed from my plan. And I was like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. And then I got to university and was like, okay, yeah, but now you get to create a whole new plan. And that's also really dope. And here are all these resources yeah. that can help you do that. So now I feel like I have this, I always tell my friends, I'm like, I feel like we were coddled. Like in university, we were just coddled. Like we yeah. had all of these resources that we could do, like so many different things. And now that we're adults, I'm like, okay, yeah. now who's going to help me next? Like, and it don't necessarily mm. work like that. You know, like that's not exactly mm. how it works in the real world. But I think that kind of also speaks to how strong we are as just like people and our personalities. So mm. I'm just going to call the what's our topic today button um, because I think that's a good little segue into our topic today. You're always looking for segues into our topic. You'll always be like, we'll be talking about the blue sky and then you'll be like, that kind of segues into our topic. We're talking about uh, <laughs> shopping malls. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with nothing. anything. Nothing. Look, I, I try. Absolutely nothing. I try. And I'm always like, Naya, it's okay for us not to segue. We can really just finish that topic, put a full stop and say, okay, and today we're talking about. New paragraph, indent, <laughs> and keep going. You're right. You're right. Me. Here we go. It's That's the writer it. in me. I'm like, it has to go from one sentence to the next, has to maneuver. But nah, you're right. You're right. So. It never does. Though. It never That's does. That's the thing. The thing is that it. <laughs> never does so as you guys can see from the title of this episode we are talking about the emancipation of the strong black woman okay yeah, yeah, yeah. this one right here is one of my least favorite tropes that um the world uses against black women yeah um and i guess a good place to start is what is the strong black woman stereotype well, how has that played out for you naya what do you understand it as so my understanding of the strong black woman is basically nothing can break her. Like she has her shit together all the fucking time, y'all. Like mm. no matter what, like, okay, think waiting to exhale, Angela Bassett. Like she has her whole freak out mm. moment. But since then when the cops come and she, they're like, yo, ma'am, you know, you got a whole fire in your driveway. She's like, yeah, I said it what's good like she literally didn't care like that to me is the strong black woman to like emphasize anything like she is throwing his shit out the house she having a whole breakdown yeah. and yet and still she still moves on she still has that wine in her hand a cigarette in the other yeah. and she's still moving yeah. like yeah. she's still breathing everything yeah. is fine whereas i think a lot yeah. of times like people are always like or at least how women are portrayed in media is like we're just supposed to melt down and break down. And I think what's horrifying and also like, I don't even know if it's a benefit, but I will say like what's sort of horrifying, I think even in how I was raised, is like even when bad things happen, you are expected, whether it's society yeah. or like familial, like you are expected to cry your little tears, wipe your face off, dust yourself off and keep it moving. Like, prime example, yeah. I got into a whole car accident my junior year of college, y'all. Like, totaled my freaking high school car. It was my mom's old car, but nonetheless, it, it became my car. Like, she got a new car, and I got a new one. It was great. Loved it. But when I got into a car accident, I was, like, emotionally wrecked. Like, I couldn't believe how irresponsible I felt. Like, I pride myself on being very independent, very responsible. The kid that my siblings and, and my parents don't have to worry about. Like, I am the sibling... That everyone looks up to. Quite literally, I am the oldest. But, like, I pride myself on that, right? And that's a huge part mm. of who I am, if you if you know me. 
But Mm. that one time, like, everyone's prone to mistakes, you know? Everyone's prone Mm. to messing up. And I just couldn't mentally wrap myself around the fact that, like, I had messed up so much. Like, so big. Like, we're talking about a high financial toll as well as, like, a safety Mm. toll. And my brother was in the car with me. Like, I was just mentally a mess. And the next day, my mom goes... Okay, so do you want to ask your dad for a car? Like, what are we doing? I'm like, Mom, it's in less than 24 hours. Give me a minute to process my emotional well-being. Like, she she wasn't hearing it. She wasn't about it. That's, I mean, and also props to my mom because she's a single mom of five. Like, that is how she, she has had to survive, you know? That's how she's had to pull it together so that she could raise the five of us because there was a point in time when she was the main one supporting us. So, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I completely understand the survival method, but I think we're of the generation where the strong black woman is actually being pulled apart and recognized that it's more bad than good. Like it is definitely causing more of a deficit than a benefit for us. Um, whether mm. historically we've had to do it or not. I mean, there's definitely some issues in it. What about you, Tools? How does it show up in your life? For me, um, the strong black woman is in Bogoto, okay? Um, she, you know, there is a saying, you strike a woman, you strike a rock, okay? Yeah. She is a rock. She has no flesh. If you cut her, she does not bleed. If you strike her, she doesn't cry. You know, she she just absorbs and moves on. You know, when you talk about Angela Bassett, I'm like, Mm-mm. not in Africa, no. Not in <laughs> South Africa, no. Not, not. She's not having any kind of moment, any kind of tears, any kind of rage, you know. She carries the infidelity of a man with grace and poise. She upholds her family. Her, her, her kids still leave the house looking very well-fed and very happy. They... They, it also then spills over to her kids because we don't look like and we don't talk about the things that happen at home, you know? You don't air your um, and that then, in the streets. Exactly. Yeah. And that then, you know, builds these hard children who don't know what it's like to to talk. And then they become bullies at school. But that's a whole conversation for another day. But yep. the strong black woman to me is in Bogota. The strong black woman to me is the woman that... Tyler Perry writes in every single one of his movies. Don't give me it's the sorry. woman I'm, I am sick of. I am so sick of the woman who needs to go through squalor and pain and struggle before she deserves a love that is worthy of her. I'm yeah. so tired of seeing the trope of black women who need to struggle before they get to the rainbow. Why, no. why were we built for a life of struggle? Why must we struggle before we find hope and joy and happiness? Why must we go through a man who's going to beat us and abuse us and, 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 and cheat on us and treat us like trash before we find Prince Charming? Why can't my story start with a Prince Charming and end with a Prince Charming? So I think for me, the, the trope of the strong black woman is everywhere. Not only in my life, not only does it live in my grandmother, it lives in you know, in in my mother, it lives in my aunt, it lives in me, it lives in the movies I watch, yeah. in the books I read, in the plays I watch. It's and everywhere. The women I play, yeah. you know, the women I play. So I really am super tired of it, and I think it's about time we put it down, particularly our generation of women. You know, I remember there was a time, and there still is a time, this is still the time, where we've romanticized the thing of strength, hey? Yeah. We've romanticized this thing of, I'm the strong friend that nobody checks up on. Yep. 
I'm the friend who just, you know, I put up all these walls and people try to climb my walls because I'm just so strong and I don't let anybody in. Yeah. And I think there was a time, like, there was a Hannah Montana era of us feeling so strong and being like, we're so cool. And, like, we I'm don't sorry. Why Hannah Montana, though? Why we got to know why? Miley I, I don't know why it's Hannah Montana. I don't know why it's Hannah Montana. <laughs> but you're not <laughs> don't, wrong, Don't girl. ask me why. You're not wrong. That's the crazy part. <laughs> don't, tell, don't ask me why, but that's where we were. I mean... We romanticized the shit out of that thing. If you watch reality shows from back in the day, like yeah. I'm literally watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now, and I'm like, Girl. the crap that we allowed these people to like put inside of us to romanticize a skinny body. These white women are twigs. Yeah. And they were like most beautiful women in the world, yes. according to People magazine, yeah. you know? And along with that, with black women, was that we had to be strong. Yeah. And that that was a thing. That was like something that we clung to as young girls. We're kids. We are kids. We are babies. We are children clinging to the trope of, I'm so strong. I don't talk about my feelings. I don't tell anybody what I'm going through. Yeah. And I'm going to just keep it to myself. I don't blame us. I don't blame us. I don't blame us. Yeah. It's the world. It's our mothers. It's yeah. the movies we watch. Honestly, and, it was almost yeah, as if it, we talked about it. our feelings like we were demonized, like our feelings were weaponized. Yeah. It, it was kind of like in a previous episode, yeah. we talked to um, Kim about how like it's not the issue of like homophobia or transphobia or fear of the LGBTQ. It's the fear of femininity. And what we as- mm. typically associate femininity with is emotions and feelings. And we don't talk and about weakness. our... Yeah, and weakness. And for some reason, expressing your emotions is a form of weakness, which is partially the reason why therapy has such a bad name because the idea of expressing your emotions is a form of quote-unquote weakness and so I think Mm. what's interesting to me is the fact that it all stems from historically black women have had to be strong because we have had no historical like like we that was our form of protection against all of the other things that were put against us we had to keep our families together if we didn't who would Quite frankly, was society, exactly, society, colonization, white supremacy, all was trying to tear our men apart, trying to tear us apart, trying to literally demonize us, trying to break our bodies down. So I get it. I understand the framework for which we are talking from. I completely understand the historical standpoint. Mm. But there is a point and a privilege to the point of survival is just that. Being able to dream mm. is a privilege. Being able to talk about our emotions and mm. process how we feel about things now today is a privilege. Can we acknowledge the Absolutely. privilege and can we also just acknowledge that even if I am strong, I also don't have to be strong in every moment. And I think personally mm. for me, I know we just closed the love series. I think that became sort of a problem for me and I was just telling my friends, speaking of that Hannah Montana phase of when I started dating, I started feeling like if a guy couldn't take the the dirty grimy parts of my past and couldn't take the trauma that had been in my life then did he really care about me and that's Mm. how we're so socialized to think is like there's if he can't take all of this trauma and the way he holds it the way you want then he doesn't really care about you if he doesn't do this then he doesn't really care about you and it's like okay but can we stop and recognize how problematic that is how toxic that is that you think someone else needs to hold your traumas for you the shit that you haven't even processed yeah. yet, they need to process yeah. it for you in order for them to show you that they care. Speaking of those walls um, that we build up, but it's just this 
terrible image that, like you said, like we put in little girls' heads from such a young age that they have to walk and dress and talk a certain type of way in order to be strong and not be weak and actually be taken seriously. Because for me, at least, it was yeah. definitely a matter of respect. Um, I I was the tiniest one typically inside the room, which meant I was probably talked over. I was probably one of the few black people inside of the room typically growing up. So I also was talked over or I was undermined or I had to over explain myself. And for some reason, even with all that, the one thing people always remember is that I was really kind growing up and I was always so put together and strong. I wasn't always put together and I wasn't always strong. And also, why as a child is that the first way that you're describing me? Why does a child have to be strong? I mean, for me, it was just the words I learned. Like I have, I feel I've been an actress my entire life. So I just learned lines. I promise you, my whole life was learning lines and regurgitating lines. I watched a whole lot of TV. I uh, was I I feel like TV raised me in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I just took lines I heard from TV and repeated them. You know, things like I have to be strong cuz no one is going to be strong for me. Yeah. <laughs> that never happened in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I said it because Hannah Montana said it so I'm going to say it. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or Raven said it so I'm going to say it, you know? And and I think this is how the narratives are made concrete and are made real in the lives of little girls, you know, because I've always been a sensitive kid. I've always been okay with my emotions. I've always been okay with crying. Even if you don't want me to cry, I'm going to go cry in my room by myself and I'm going to tell you later how you made me feel. So I've always been okay with my feelings. Have I always had room for my feelings? No. Have I always been given space to, to cry and be sensitive? No. But I've always given myself that room because I am highly sensitive. I will cry, okay? One thing about me, I will cry, okay? And that brings me to another question is like, what are the spaces today that we can be quote unquote weak? What are the spaces that allow us to be weak that will absorb the weakness? I mean, and we even use that word lightly, right? Obviously, it's not that we think that emotions and crying is weakness, but the world deems it as weakness. So that's what we're going to call it. So where are black women allowed to be weak? Trick question. I, I personally feel like nowhere. Um, let's be honest. (laughs) True question. I personally feel like nowhere, but I will say personally, um, I value the friendships and the relationships in my life where I can be sensitive or soft or weak. Like those friendships and relationships that I, I just, I can't live without, um, because I'm allowed to just be. And not have to be something else. I, I don't even know what to describe it as anymore. I would say, yeah, it is a strong black woman. Or it's, it's just me. Like, I'm a go-getter. I'm a hustler. That is who I am. I'm always on the move. I'm always on the go. But the moments that I can sit with my friends or my person, my partner, or whoever, and I can just be in that moment, those are the situations where I'm like, this is existing and this is really nice. And I also mm-hmm. recognize as soon as we step out of this room or wherever we are, I can't be like this anymore. Yeah. So I think it's definitely for me, it's a mind thing as well as a physical safety thing. Like I physically feel safe around this person and mentally mm. I can just be. And it's okay if I cry. It's not a problem. It's okay for me to just exist in my feelings and how I feel and all of the above. Yeah. What about you, dude? It's so funny that you've actually broken it down to physical safe spaces 
and spaces where you can talk. I'm trying to think of a time where the last time I felt physically safe. Yeah. I'm really trying. And it's a tough one because I live at home. Yeah. Although my space is safe um, and my room is my space, you know, there's some things I can't even sit in my room and talk about out loud because my mom's room is right across yeah. the passage. My brother's room is right next door. Okay. So there's things that compromise my safety, right? Mm-hmm. Even when I'm with my partner, we both live at home, so we don't have a shared space where we can say this is our space. This is the space we've demarcated as our own. Yeah. You know, um, and I know people like to say that space isn't or like safety and home isn't a building. But let's be honest, like the building helps, you know, if there is a building and a place that I can call home and that's where I, I, I can kind of lay down my rules and my understandings with myself, which I'm really looking forward to when I move out in the next few weeks. Um, I definitely feel safe with my partner. I definitely feel that I can be weak with my partner, but that in itself was a journey to get to. Yeah, I remember one of the very first hard conversations we had was exactly about that. It was, I, I had started evolving in my relationship and I was starting to look different than the person I was when I walked into the relationship. And I remember he was saying to me, but, but when we started dating, you didn't care about this stuff. You didn't yeah. want this stuff. And now all of a sudden, now you want this and you want that, but you said you didn't want it in the beginning. And I'm like, <laughs> we've been dating a year. If you think that I am the same person I was when we first started this relationship, you are sorely mistaken. If yeah. you think I'm the same person I was last week, last month, if you think I'll be the same person two weeks from now, you need to wake up because I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm evolving, and I'm allowed to do that. And that was one of the first times I was like, okay, this is the discomfort of creating space for safety. This is the discomfort of a hard conversation where I was realizing that I was growing and changing and I didn't know what was happening, but there was a space to land. And I think sometimes just because there is friction or conflict in that space as you're building it, it doesn't mean there is no safe space. Yeah. Because in that, my partner was like, oh, I hear you. Oh, this is what you, oh, oh, okay, I get it now. And that's how you create the safe space, right? So that is my safe space. My partner is my definite number one safe space. Another safe space for me is my incredibly long voice notes to my friends. <laughs> that is a safe space for me. Amen, you know? sister. Amen. I hate texting. I hate texting. If you know, I hate texting. I will send you a voice note. Yeah. I will. I will always send you a voice note. Um, and now I have a rhythm and I have a groove when I get off the taxi and walk to work. On my little 700 meter walk, I whip my phone out and I send my voice notes. That's where I reflect. That's where I speak out loud the things I've been thinking, the things I've been wondering about, the things I've had questions about, and I just ask them to my friends or if I'm catching up with a friend and letting them know how I'm feeling today, those are the things I reflect about. That is a safe space for me. It's important for you and for me, you know, when talking to my friends, I want to hear your voice. Yeah. I want to hear how your voice cracks when you talk about something because it's really hard to get through, you know? Um yeah those really really closest to me got a voice note or a text uh when i got my results and found out i was positive for COVID. like i wept because i was so scared and i yeah. didn't know what this journey would mean for me you know i didn't expect this i didn't plan this you know and um 
I'm forced to stop in my tracks. And there's a lot that goes through that, you know. So my friends are going to be getting a whole mouthful from me over these <laughs> next eight days <laughs> of just how I'm feeling and yeah, what I'm I think this today. is subtly totally dropping hints at Naya. Be ready that after we get off this call, Naya, we're going to get just be ready. <laughs> <laughs> but also for you guys, I mean, for me, like this is also a safe space for me, yeah. you know, um, no, we don't share every little detail of our lives just to obviously respect and protect the people who we love and who are around us. But yeah, I firmly believe that this is a this is a, a, a labor of my heart. Yeah. You know, Rant Match is something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And so I'm not going to hide parts of my life. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna mince my words and my feelings, you know, because yeah. this is also just a diary for me. I'll look back at this a year from now and be like, wow, that was my opinion, my word, you know? <laughs> facts, big facts. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, that was my response to the check in question. Seriously? okay love that what was i even saying (laughs) so yeah and i mean going to you know we're talking about weakness and where we can be weak but like what do we define as weakness like what is your definition of weakness oh it's changed this is definitely something that i'm gonna go back and look and be like really that's how you define it because it's definitely changed even from this point i'm gonna be honest for me lately weakness is not being able to confront your truth like Shoot. not being able to actually it's one thing to not know right it's one thing to not yeah. know but to me weakness is not being able to look yourself dead in the face and be honest with yourself like yeah. that to me is weakness even if i don't want to acknowledge it but the fact that i am acknowledging it despite me not wanting to to me takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength mm. but don't lie because other people can see it other people can see yeah. it even if you're not honest with yourself Like I said, to me, it's 10 times better to be honest with yourself and still make the conscious choice of not acknowledging it or doing anything with it. Because like even you not doing something with it is you making a decision. You ignoring the problem is still a decision, right? But make that choice and that decision wholeheartedly and with your whole chest, right? However, do not lie to yourself. Do not lie to yourself about your truth and where you are right now in life and how you feel emotionally, physically, mentally. Like I was going to say, I'm the, I'm the exact opposite. I am very sensitive. I am very soft. But I think because of the things that I've gone through and because of this strong black woman narrative and the women around me who have quite literally portrayed um, what to me is a strong black woman, whether that be my grandmothers, my aunts, my cousins, my mom, um, and my stepmom for that matter, like because of all of those different women in my life who have portrayed these things, I am I am not good at processing my emotions. Like that is something that I've had to learn. I've literally had to work from the ground up of how to verbally process how I feel and be okay with it. And I'm gonna be honest, when it comes to like romance and things of that nature, I'm still not great at it. When it comes to my everyday, I can process my emotions all day. But the minute you actually put my heart into something, Cool, baby. I, I will run for the nearest exit because it's so much easier to do. Like, I will literally cry and scream in silence if that means that nobody will hear me. Like, it's it's something that I'm definitely working on. But it's it, honestly, it's literally made me sick in the past because to me, what I've seen as weakness was 
showing people that you're not all put together, showing people that you don't have your shit together, showing people that you actually don't know what the hell you're doing, even though you are the leader, you know, like being the follower instead of the person in the front. And I think I'm glad that that definition for me has changed because like I said, it literally was making me physically sick. Um, and I'm becoming more and more aware of how my emotions affect me physically. Um, and because of that, I am happy that for me, I can honestly say weakness to me is not being honest with yourself and what you want and what you need in life and not actively pursuing that. Yeah. That is weakness to me. I what definitely you? agree with you. I think for me, beyond not being honest with yourself, it's not being it's not acting on the honesty with yourself. It's one thing to know the truth. It's another thing what you do with the truth. Yeah. Um, that's what I believe is weakness. I, that's how I quantify weakness. Knowing that I'm unhappy in this relationship, and you know that. Yeah. But you stay, because what are people going to say? Yeah. What are people going to think? We've been together for six years. What, what's the point of stopping now? You know? You got that more than me. six years of investment in your own life. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that for me is how I quantify weakness because I think I do that to myself a lot. I make, I have a lot of epiphanies and realizations and reflections and revelations. Oh, but do I act on them? Oh, but no. do I do anything about them? No, 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 no. No, let's not do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not about to do that. I'm not. Because that means being honest with other people. That means actually saying the things I've been thinking and feeling, saying them to other people, yeah. you know, and making that even realer than it is in my own head. So, yeah, that is definitely my definition of weakness today as 25-year-old to me. Yeah. Um... Honestly, I, I think we've hit all of the points. I, I really yeah. am kind of, I'm just sitting with all of this, sitting with the reality of like my own truth in this moment of how I'm feeling. Like, okay, if, if that is weakness for us, what is the difference between weakness and softness? And softness being, I think, what we're striving for yeah. as black women. Right? Because I think weak I think, is what society has told us. Soft is what we want yeah. to learn how to be now. Yes. And soft is, I think, the rebranding of weakness, in yeah. my opinion. I think we've taken the word weakness and the understanding of weakness and we've rebranded it. Yeah. Um, I think softness, it's a, you know we talk about a soft life. You know, I think that's our question of the week this week. Yeah. What, is, what, what, what is a soft life <laughs> for you? <laughs> You know, period, what, period. what is it that you define as a soft life? Like, I think social media will tell you a soft life is black women in luxury. It's and I don't need black women <laughs> wearing Dior and Chanel and Gucci. And here's my thing. There is a space and there is a great need for that narrative to survive yeah. because black women are called for the scraps. Okay. Yes, we are not yes. allowed to wear designer. We're not allowed to wear Gucci. We're not allowed to feel that we are worthy of opulence, which is why that narrative exists and it is so important for us. Am I personally a luxury girl? Like, I don't personally gravitate towards influencers who do luxury content. Like, for me, it's just not what I'm I'm here for, personally. Do I want to one day wear Dior and Chanel? Absolutely. But I I guess my mind is just not there right now. (laughs) Right now, I just want to be an actress. I want to have a cute little studio apartment in Kilani. I want to drive a cute little Mazda 2 
and have a happy life. Yeah. That's really and just make really good money. That's really what I want to do and get my parents out of debt. So I'm not really thinking Dior Chanel, but a soft life for me, my word, a soft life for me is is doing the work that fulfills my heart. It is coming home to a home that is beautifully decorated and smells like coffee beans mm. and has wooden flooring, wooden laminated flooring and has beautiful artwork that's set up. And I've got my own little studio in my beautiful home that I can rehearse in and create work with, work in with other women. You know, it is my partner, you know, in that home, cooking me dinner, watching Netflix together, you know. It is going to rehearsals every day, going on a set every day with other black women who are thriving and making such a difference. In that is a, for me, it is a life where I don't have to beg for a space to cry. It is, it, is a, it, is a, it is a life that I don't have to beg for a space for my voice to be heard in the workplace, that you will hear my voice just by seeing me walk through the door. Yeah. You will hear me before you'll even see me, you know? Not having to beg for the scraps, you know? Having to wait for somebody else to be done so I could use their thing. I want to be able to get it myself. Do you know what I mean? A soft life is one where I don't have to, like, wait in line <laughs> i don't want to wait in line you know if i want it i want to get it yeah. you know and i think a soft life is whatever we define it to be it's whatever your your needs are crying out for right now yeah i don't think i'm and that looks different for all of us yeah i don't you think, know, I think that looks different i agree um, I was just thinking about like all of the TV show luxury black women like we laugh because they want someone to pay their bills and we want they want like the luxury car and they grew up in like maybe they didn't grow up in luxury like I mean Whitley Gilbert is my go to like finesser prime dresser and she married a man who barely can keep the lights on because he he working on his doctorate type thing and i love a different world to save my life i'm convinced that my Dwayne wayne is out there okay y'all um however <laughs> um it was nice that we grew up in a time where those black characters were there because i think a lot of times as tilly says like we we get the scraps okay the fact that there is this narrative like i saw a meme a few weeks ago that was like can i just get the love without the trauma <laughs> like can we stop normalizing love that comes out of trauma like why does he have to mess up 50 million times before mm -hmm. he finally gets it right when i was ready mm -hmm. before like why mm -hmm. can't i just get somebody who can get it right the first time like absolutely who baby and what makes it more frustrating is then when i look at all of my family relationships and i go i don't want that i don't want that mm. i want pieces of what you got but i don't want all of that yeah. I don't know why the hell you stayed like and it just it's it's frustrating it is literally frustrating um I think because no matter what you want to know who's held my family together the women but that's a whole nother story mm. for a whole nother day um mm. so I think for me a soft life a soft life an honest soft life if I'm honest with myself because I'm choosing to be courageous today um is a beautiful house with sun that hits every window 
Mm. Uh, I have this dream of picking up a book and sitting inside of what I call a book nook. And it's like a ledge mm. right next to a beautiful open window. And I have mm. pillows there. And it's like mom space, right? So none of my kids yeah. can touch it. It's just mom space. The only time my kids will be allowed to touch it is if they are reading their own book. And it has to be a book that they genuinely enjoy that they talk to me about over dinner. Like, it, it has to be that type of book. Not just one you just picked mm. up because mom said, get off the TV. Like, this has to be your book. Um, mm. And that is what I want inside the house. Before I even get kids, though, like, I still want that space in every place that I live. And I want, like, a yeah. condo. And, you know, when I first think about me in that condo, I see myself, just myself, no pets, mm. only plants. Uh, <laughs> only plants, no kids, no nothing. Um and it's just me and I have this open space granite kitchen and it's well lit and it's designed soft tones. There's some, you know, royal, I'm not a big pink person, but anyone who knows me knows I love like soft pinks um, and like gold and I love flowers mm. and I love earth tones. Like that is me all day. I am a fall baby mm. and I'm true to my form. Okay. Um, so I want that in every single room. It doesn't have to be big, but I do see a staircase. And eventually I see somebody walking in with coffee in their hands, a very broad-shouldered black man um, who is my partner, um, who watches TV and is watching the NBA game while I'm reading my damn book. And I'm looking at him like, sir, do you not see me reading? It's not even going to matter. I'm going to put the book up and I'll probably go cuddle with him on the couch and we're going to watch that damn game, even if I don't know what the hell is happening. But I'm going to watch it because my baby want to watch it and that's what matters. <laughs> and so that's what I see. And eventually I get a little toddler running around who don't want to sit his ass down somewhere. I'm going to be like, that's your kid. That ain't mine because I would have set my ass down somewhere. <laughs> and he's getting into stuff because I want boys. And my mom comes to visit for the holidays and I'm really close to his family and... I don't want like a big house. I don't want a lot of money. I don't want multiple yeah. cars. I want him to have his car and me to have my car. I want to be able to send my kids to school without them worrying about having to pay for anything. I want to yeah. be able to travel around the world, maybe with that toddler. Maybe it's just him and me. Maybe it's just me. Um, I can go anywhere I want, doing whatever I want. I clock into a place, maybe on my laptop, or maybe I go into my own nonprofit that I've started, and then I come home. And I do it all over again because I'm doing what I love and I'm with the people that I love and it's always sunny. Like there is no winter. There is no winter. <laughs> In your soft life, there is no winter. There is and no winter. In my winter. soft life, I never gain a single kilogram and I eat whatever the hell I want to eat. <laughs> that part, that part. You know, it's at like the family home like magazines where there's like, you guys' equivalent is probably like the, the cuisine cover with like food on the cover of the magazine type thing. Yeah, yeah. That is what I want on my table. Like as color yeah, coordinated yeah. and cute as it looks on the magazine cover, that's what I want. I want to make my own yeah. Caesar salads, y'all. That's how bougie I want to live. That is what my life okay. is going to be like. Well, we make our own salads here all the time, so I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> Same. But I just wanted to look as cute, as cute as on the magazine cover. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, man. I think self-life looks different for different people, man. And hold on to that. Hold on to whatever your dream is of your self-life. Yeah. Don't let people tell you it's too much, it's too big, it's too soft, it's too... That's too perfect, you know? Um, are we going to get perfect? No, but Absolutely you're going to get the thing that fits you and the thing that that is right for you. You will get your portion, you know? That's what I believe. 
you don't need to suffer for love before you get a beautiful love. Um, this is a girl speaking who's never had to suffer for a beautiful love. Yeah. You know, I was blessed that I found a partner who gave me the kind of love story that you read about in books. Yeah. So trust me, you don't have to suffer for a good love. Trust me, you don't have to settle for an okay love. Yeah. Trust me, you don't have to settle for someone who's not sure about you, someone who cheats on you, someone who doesn't make you feel like you are the only one in his in his reach, in even in his heart's desires, you know? Like, I read something on Twitter the other day, actually a couple of months ago, that was like, every man wants a girl like this. And it was a South African influencer, gorgeous girl. And it was like, no one can deny every single South African guy wants a girl like this. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I even quoted the tweet and I said, absolutely no ways. My, my person <laughs> says and makes me feel like I am his dream girl. I, know, I say this to Naya all the time. I am yeah. his dream girl. <laughs> and, and not because he said it to me one time, but like he treats me like that, you know? As he should. And so I could never... I could never doubt that. I could never sit on social media and be like, yeah, every guy wants a girl like this. And I'm like, no, can't relate. <laughs> can't relate. Unrelatable content. Sorry, next. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's it. Let's let's dismantle the, the strong woman, black, the strong black woman trope and let's live in happiness and softness, man. And our truth. Like, it's okay to smile through the suffering, but sometimes you didn't, ask for this suffering and quite frankly you can remove the person or the situation that is causing your suffering and i guarantee you you will suffer no more um and that is that is the that's the gag of the day okay thank you management (laughs) if you remember (laughs) nothing else from this episode remember that um you can remove yourself from a situation do it um, so with all that being said, with all of these nice little nuggets and talking points sent your way, we hope you guys have an amazing week. And as always, tune back with us on Rant Much, a podcast where black girls talk too much. And we hope that you enjoyed our talking and you follow us on Instagram and Twitter on Rant Much underscore podcast. And we hope that you also share with a friend or two all the great things that we've done. So welcome to the Rant Much family, all you new people. And we can't wait to see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Stop, stop to the hard TikTok. You don't stop, stop, stop.